all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedy for Women, the show all about addressing issues of health and wellness from a woman's perspective. I'm Karen Brown with Dr. Michelle Owens, specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC, and surgical pathologist Dr. Allie Brown. Today's topic is your emotional well-being and how emotions can impact your overall health. If you have a question or a comment, give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. Lawyers for President Trump are looking at ways to push back against special counsel Robert Mueller, who's leading the investigation into Russian interference in the election and possible ties to the Trump campaign. NPR's Windsor Johnston reports a legal team is searching for potential conflicts of interest that could undercut the ongoing probe. According to reports from the Washington Post and New York Times, possible conflicts of interest range from Democratic campaign contributions to the grounds in which a special counsel can be removed from office. Washington Post reporter Rosalind Helderman tells NPR that Trump's legal team is also discussing the president's authority to grant pardons. It's a conversation about what are the powers of the president. Can the president uh, pardon staff? Can he pardon uh, family members? Does the Constitution allow for a president to pardon himself? The Washington Post reports presidential lawyers are also looking into the professional backgrounds of Mueller's investigative team and President Trump's personal finances. Windsor Johnston, NPR News, Washington. A third Palestinian's been killed. Jerusalem and the West Bank have been engulfed in unrest over metal detectors Israel set up at a holy site in Jerusalem, revered by both Muslims and Jews. Israel tightened security after two police officers were killed last week. Palestinian Muslims argue the decision is driven more by politics than security. Americans are now banned from traveling to North Korea. The State Department is issuing the mandate after a university student, Otto Warmbier, fell into a coma while he was imprisoned in North Korea. He died shortly after he was transported home. The restriction on U.S. travel to the reclusive country reportedly goes into effect 30 days after a notice is published in the Federal Registrar. Anti-abortion protesters are descending on Louisville, Kentucky, to hold vigils this weekend outside the last remaining clinic in the state that provides abortions. In a preemptive move, U.S. District Judge David Hale has issued a temporary restraining order to keep activists away from the buffer zone around the facility. For member station WFPL, Lisa Gillespie reports on this latest legal move to help protect patients as they approach the clinic. The U.S. Attorney's Office in Louisville has filed a motion to enforce the federal act which bars people from blocking access to reproductive health centers. The reason for the request? 
far-right fundamentalist Christian group Operation Save America starts its week-long conference Saturday with the stated goal of shutting the clinic down. OSA anticipates around 600 people will attend. And back in May, 10 Operation Save America protesters were arrested outside the clinic when they blocked the doors and patients could not enter. Louisville police have not planned extra officers or barriers outside the clinic. Its founder, Ernest Marshall, says appointments will go on as planned during the protests. For NPR News, I'm Lisa Gillespie in Louisville. This is NPR News. The country's oldest civil rights organization, the NAACP, begins its national convention in Baltimore this weekend. NPR's Hansi Lowung reports President Trump may have declined to speak at the event, but controversies surrounding his policies are expected to be prominent. This year's annual convention for the National Association for the Advancement of Color People will be the second time President Trump has turned down an invitation. But the NAACP is planning many sessions about strategizing as activists under the Trump administration. Voting rights, policing, and criminal justice reform are some of the main topics for discussion. Another focus will be the NAACP's next national leader. The group's most recent president and CEO, Cornell Brooks, stepped down a few weeks ago after the board of directors decided to not renew his contract. The board is planning to launch a listening tour to hear from members and other activists around the country to help engage a younger generation to join the 108-year-old organization. Hansi Luong, NPR News. In Germany, Siemens has announced it'll no longer deliver power equipment to state-controlled companies in Russia. Esme Nicholson reports Siemens believe its gas turbines sold to Russia have been rerouted to Crimea in violation of European sanctions. The Siemens group says it has reliable evidence indicating that four gas turbines it sold to Russia last year have been modified and moved to Crimea. Since it was annexed by Russia in 2014, Crimea is subject to EU sanctions. Siemens says it will now divest its minority stake in the German-Russian joint venture into Automatica. Esme Nicholson reporting... At last check, the Dow was down 51 points. NASDAQ is off 9, S&P down 3. This is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include C3IoT, bringing cloud computing, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and IoT big data solutions to commercial, industrial, and government business processes. Learn more at C3IoT.com. This is Southern Remedy for Women with Dr. Michelle Owens on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, and thanks for listening to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. Dr. Michelle Owens is here. She's a specialist in maternal fetal medicine and OBGYN at UMMC. And Dr. Allie Brown is with us. She is a surgical pathologist who specializes in breast pathology. I know, but don't you, <laughs> don't you specialize in breasts? <laughs> Breast and general surgical pathology. Okay. Yes. Well, I knew you had a specialty. Yes. She's special. Yes. <laughs> Before we get into how special Dr. Brown is, <laughs> let me talk about today's topic. It is your emotional well-being. Sounds very simple, but I'm sure there are many, many things to discuss when oh, we're talking so about emotional well-being. So 
Listen for a bit or call right away, whatever your choice is. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING, 1-877-672-7464. You can also send an email if you prefer to women at mpbonline.org. Good morning, doctors. Good morning. Good morning, Karen. Nice to see you. I'm feeling emotionally great. Good. Well, that's really great. That's that is good. emotionally uplifting. So I won't to know be calling in are. today. <laughs> but you know, it's and I think it's great. You know, I, this this show hopefully will kind of shed some light on something that's really important. I think that um, sometimes gets neglected, um, which is the concept of emotional wellness. And we talk about health and wellness, and you, it's kind of become a little cliche. You hear those things together. We talk about wellness visits and all these other things. And so, um, but, you know, sometimes I think it's really good to kind of focus in or hone in on some of the smaller things that kind of contribute to overall wellness. And we we talk about uh, medical problems and health disorders and all of those things. But um, we'd like to just kind of hone in today on on our emotional wellness and our emotional hygiene, so to speak, and making sure that people have the tools to be like you emotionally feeling wonderful. Um, I was kind of lying. <laughs> I'm just okay. Well, you, and you know what? Well, but overwhelming that's a big the, point. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> you but, should be well with having issues in your life and stresses and that you're able to handle yeah, them. Yeah, and it's part of, and the, and the acceptance of that is a, is a part of it. But, you know, I think that's, that's also another good point. Karen, you're on today already on fire um, because people do feel compelled. Like when... When you say, hi, how are you? How many times have we said to someone that we were okay or we're great or we're good when in actuality we weren't? Um, and the, the, that raw response um, that really kind of enables us to kind of cover up things or kind of hide things or not to address or deal with or share those things and what the effects of that type of behavior um, can be overall on our emotional wellness and um, and on our lives and how that can cross over to impact us from a physical sense. Um, so the other piece, like you said, is that, yeah, sometimes it's okay not to be okay. And um, how do we go from not being okay or being in a situation or dealing with whatever issues there are that might affect us emotionally or that might bring us down or put us in a in a not so positive place and how do we find our way navigate our way out of those situations i think everybody particularly women deal with some amount of stress and for some it's a lot of stress and i would imagine that that manifests itself physically wouldn't it well, absolutely. There, there are um, physical manifestations that go along with um, with long term stress that go um, along with um, sudden or in- intense stress. Um, it can affect uh, your weight. It can affect your blood pressure. Um, there are all kinds of things that can be downstream. Your cardiovascular risk. We talked to Dr. Um, Alexander not too long ago on, and talked about cardiovascular disease, and we know that that stressors can impact risk related to that, and how we choose to deal with or not to deal with those things. If you bury it far enough inside, then it's going to manifest itself somewhere else in your body. Those things don't go away. Um, but they will find new places to spring up. So um, absolutely. So then what? 
<laughs> so what do you do? So you so so don't do you do treat that. the physical or do you have to treat the emotional? Well, I think so. So I think our answers are usually a little bit of both, right? Like if you, for, from a physician standpoint, um, we we don't mind treating symptoms, but I think most physicians would rather treat the underlying problem because. The symptoms are kind of if you if you can only treat symptoms, then sometimes that's just kind of like the temporary fix. Um, and the truth is that in some instances, getting to the heart of some of these problems may take a prolonged period of time in therapy. And so treatment of those symptoms is very important to enable a person to continue to have regular day-to-day functioning. And also that can be helpful if you can mitigate symptoms. Um, while you are addressing the underlying cause to be able to get people back on the pathway to, um, to, to overall good health and overall wellness. Let me give the phone number out if you have a question or a comment. If you're feeling stressed or emotionally a little shaky, you know, sometimes we feel shaky and we get, the, we get kind of palpitations and all that. If that happens to you or any other uh, malady that may be associated with Emotions, give us a call at 1 877 MPB ring, 1 877 672 7464, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. So, what is it about? Um, you know, those palpitations you get if you're nervous about something, you're, you're anticipating something. This year, that, so that's like your sympathetic nervous system getting revved up. Um, so there's a, a part of our, um, our brain that kind of controls those things that kind of are typically thought about, I guess you think of, you hear the term, um, fight or flight. (laughs) So, um, and so that's all kind of along those things that kind of are excitatory, right? The things that raise our ability, heighten our senses, um, as opposed to there's another part, the parasympathetic, which is like the part that calms us down or kind of, dampens that excitatory uh, or response to excitatory stimuli. So um, what you're referring to, I mean, there are lots of different physical, I mean, diagnoses that that can be attributed to. But I mean, that's all just a revving up of those excitatory stimulation that we get in response to stressful situations. So when we think of stress, like it's not always just stress from the standpoint of what you're experiencing, say, for example, in your work or at home or interpersonal relationships. But, you know, there's also physical stress and all those other things. So when we talk about stressful stimuli, it can be any of those things. And um, so the body's natural response is to kind of rev up in response to those stressors. And, and interestingly, that, that, that body response, then you react to it. So it, it, it amplifies itself. So when you start feeling those feelings of your heart racing, maybe getting a little clammy, and then that actually perpetuates. You start thinking, oh my gosh, this is how I'm feeling, and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, a lot of, you'll hear about people who, for instance, have a fear of public speaking and they'll take a certain medication before, which keeps their heart rate slow. And when you don't perceive that physiologic increase in heart rate that actually helps to calm you just in general. So it's, it's interesting how the stressor causes that reaction and then that reaction actually amplifies the feeling of stress. Yeah. It's one big circle. It, it is. is. 
What it's about- like a consistent feed. It's like a feedback loop that just kind of gets going. Um, and so panic I think- attacks. I mean, that's kind of what happens. Exactly. It's like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Well, let's talk to Eric, who's calling in from Hernando. Hi, Eric. Hi, ladies, doctors. How are you today? We're doing great. great. How are you? We are really. Just, and we just did it. Fun. We're great. <laughs> There's a lot of men that uh, listen to your show, and we really appreciate it, especially us married men. Oh, well, we appreciate you guys. <laughs> Stop at the jewelry uh-huh. store on your way home. <laughs> <laughs> I've been married for 20-plus years, and um, my wife and I have gone through several stressful situations. Um, I deal with stress, of course, differently than she does. And uh, a lot of your younger male viewers, I'm sure, would love to hear uh, your opinions on how, since husbands are in a unique position to help their wives with their stress, maybe you guys could talk a little bit about that um, and uh, what uh, we as husbands can do to help uh, our wives deal with the stressful situations that come up. I'll take my uh, answer off the air. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Eric. Eric. See, Eric got off the air, and I was just about to ask him that before, so we were going to trade secrets. So before we gave the help with wives stress, I was going to ask him what's the secret to uh, 20 plus years of marriage, because clearly he's figured out at least how to be, you know, pretty well successful with helping relieve uh, stress from his wife. Maybe it's all about helping each other. And and he said something that I that immediately let me know that he got it. He said we we handle stress in different ways. So I think that one of the parts of this, and this is whether it's marriage um, or uh, any relationship. Um, and this can even, you know, be extrapolated to to work relationships and relationships with other people that are non-romantic in nature. But especially when it's someone that you that you love or that you care for, I think the first thing is recognizing that the way that they may respond to stress or a stressful situation, the way that they may manifest stress or deal with stress can be very different from yours. So first, recognizing that there may be differences and not having an expectation that a person will respond to a situation in the same way. And I think that may be very easily said, but in practice can be somewhat difficult um, to actually understand that a person's response could be something that is not only... um, different from yours, but in many instances could be something very different um, in the way that they they manifest or their response to stressful situations or stressful stimuli. So understanding that first and foremost, I think, is 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 one key. And um, Dr. Brown, what what would you say would be another? I agree with that. And yeah, that is the first step, right? Even knowing that they are stressed or not. Maybe there's, you know, taking a little bit of something, being a little snippety or something, and maybe it's not even about you. I think then when you take it the next step of how you respond, you know, we're all humans and we have this internal dialogue and it's very hard to not inject your bias into what someone else is doing. So you might automatically perceive something as meaning something personal, like on you, but it has nothing to do with you. Right. So that's something I know I'm guilty of doing that. It's like so-and-so didn't did or didn't talk to me or something happened at work. Well, it must be something about me. Usually it's not right. I mean, usually it's what's going on with somebody else and you make everything about you. That, that's kind of, <laughs> but it's true. That is so true. And that, then, like that, yeah. that desire, like, 
you have to and why don't you have they to, like me? <laughs> you have to find like it's the lady, the rude lady at the checkout counter, right. and, it's not and about you have you. to step back and realize maybe that person's having a horrible day. That's right. You don't know what kind of news they just received. You don't know how rude the person was in front of you. You just don't know, and and more often than not, it's not about you. People, we are all complex and imperfect individuals who are working through our issues at various rates. And it's amazing sometimes what people endure and how they're able to get up and show up for whatever they're showing up for that day. And so that being said, you know, recognizing sometimes that it's not about you and being able to take a step back Mm -hmm. to try to be able to investigate a little bit more about what's going on with them so that then you can actually help them it's all about empathy especially in a relationship because you might very well both be experiencing the same stressor right indeed (laughs) we need to take a break if you'd like to give us a call with a question or comment we welcome that 1-877-MPB-RING 1-877-672-7464 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org we'll be right back on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. On the next Fresh Air. Are you originally from here? Yeah. You live near here? Yep. So where you from? Honestly, it doesn't matter what I say because this isn't going anywhere. Season two of the HBO series Insecure begins Sunday with its main character, Issa, back on the dating scene. We'll hear from Issa Rae, who co-created and stars in the series. Join us. Today at 3 on MPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. Dr. Michelle Owens is here. Dr. Allie Brown is here. We're talking about emotional well-being. We just talked about stress before the break. I'd like to ask about uh, sadness, you know, crying the drop of a hat. And you hear men or you hear other women say, oh, it's just my hormones. Oh, it's hormonal. How many, how many times is it hormonal, and is that a real thing? That's a Dr. Owens question right there. <laughs> so, so, yes, that's a total um, good thing. And before we took the break, I, I wanted to make sure that I gave a couple of other encouragements to people with respect to women in their lives. Things that would not be helpful 
would be blaming it on the menstrual cycle or saying, wow, it must be your period or something like that or blaming. I like to say that to men. Or or instantly using hormones as a default. There are definitely times in which an imbalance in hormones can lead people to experience very um, various ranges of emotions. But women are much more complicated than just a bunch of hormones. And so that being the case, um, I think doing that and just kind of trying to sh- shrug it off to that does a disservice. And I would say that also to the to the female listeners that, you know, you are more than just a bunch of hormones. And so before you brush things off immediately, attributing them just to hormones, um, if these are things that are recurrent or if you are experiencing um, difficulties emotionally or crying spells or some of those things, um, if it's persistent, I would encourage you to seek um, some type of um, assistance or um, evaluation just to make sure that um, that's the only thing that you might have going on. But to answer your question, Karen, absolutely. There are um, there is something called premenstrual dysphoric disorder or PMDD. And that is a known, um, it's a known medical diagnosis that occurs. And what happens is around the time of their menstrual cycle, due to fluctuations in hormones, um, women can experience something that's almost like a uh, a slight depressive, they may have emotional lability, so they can either be really, really sad or may um, kind of fly off the handle or have a low tolerance, be a little edgy. Um, and that can happen usually around, you know, a week preceding to as long as a week or so after um, their menstrual cycle occurs. Um, and some people notice that they have some slight hormonal fluctuations um, around the time of their cycle, and those may become a little bit more um, more pronounced as women age. Um, and, you know, I think the old term that people used to use were PMS or premenstrual syndrome, um, but now it's typically PMDD, and it's not just before a period, but it can also occur during and slightly and extend for a few days after until um, the hormonal balance changes. So that is definitely an, an a distinct entity. There is um, uh, there are treatments that are available for that. So there's medication. There's a pill for that. Um, and I have seen in many women's lives where this has been something that's almost been debilitating for them like they're two or so weeks out of every single month that they are absolutely miserable they dread it creates all this anxiety because they know when their cycles come in that they start getting emotionally labile they're difficult to deal with and it, and it creates problems for everybody around them so if you if if this sounds like something that you are experiencing or you think that this might be you i would encourage you to um, ask your physician about it um, and if in fact you um, are diagnosed just know that there's help you don't have to it doesn't have to be that way and that you can get relief from this um, and and kind of have more of a return to to normalcy you can have a new normal um, I mean, I'm which sorry, sounds I'm sorry. Like it. 
you were going to add the phone number. The phone number, yes. We invite <laughs> your calls and comments, calls and questions and comments. One eight seven seven MPB ring. One eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpbonline dot org. What about depression? That's more than just being emotional, isn't it? Yeah, it it is, but. Um, there, there are definitely emotional changes that occur as a symptom of depression, but um, again, it's it it's more than just that. Um, and so, and again, there are certain um, substances in our body and in our blood that um, in fluctu- that can fluctuate that contribute to um, depression. The underlying. Uh, mechanism or etiology of depression and so while it may not be estrogen and progesterone which we think of as the the dominant uh, female hormones um, there are also subtle changes biochemical changes that occur in our bodies that um, can lead to depression and um, so but the most important thing to remember is that while emotional uh, changes or liability can be associated with depression that there are several other things that are important to have in order to be diagnosed with, you know, depression. So um, one of those things is what we call anhedonia, which is a, a fancy way of saying that you just stop liking to do the things that you used to like to do, or you're not finding enjoyment or pleasure in uh, in anything. Um, and if you can imagine, that's a that's a pretty bleak place to be. But it, I think most people know someone who used to really like to do things. And now all of a sudden they're like, eh, no, I don't want to do that. Or you may be one of those people who like to do something. And now all of a sudden you don't really want to do anything. Um, crying spells, sleep disturbances are a part of um, that diagnosis or diagnosis of depression. Um, difficulty with like eating whether it's that you have loss of appetite. Some people actually have an increase in their appetite um, depending on whether they're trying to treat or respond to that stress by increasing the their oral intake or if they eat for comfort, you can see that as well. So it can be either weight loss or weight gain. Oh, there's the guilty feelings. I'm thinking about a mnemonic we learned in medical school, Siggy Caps. Siggy Caps. Feelings of guilt where you feel just bad about things, like guilty for even being sad or for anything like that. People who are have, suffer from depression tend to have those types of feelings, loss of, of energy. My thing is worrying, and I've said this before, that I worry so much, even though I know there is nothing that comes from worry and I can't right. change the outcome of something. I think it comes with being a mother Although not every mother, obviously, but yeah, oh, are well, you the, kidding me? It's our favorite pastime. <laughs> right. Well, the whole what thing with anxiety worry and worrying is living in either the past or the future, and not really thinking about the present, right? And this is the whole thing about mindfulness. This is something that's really helped me in my emotional well-being. And I'm not super great at it, but when there are times when I feel acutely stressed, you know, I might try to sit still and meditate in a way of just being quiet and peaceful for five minutes or so. And that really helps, you know, look around. Meditation can be just looking around and looking at the grass or looking at the person you love, you know, your friends, your children, and just being in the moment. Right now, we're always on devices and Mm -hmm. we're always wanting more or thinking about what someone did to us or what happened in the past. And 
that's there's such a lot of noise inside our heads and to just be able to tune that out helps a lot and dr Owens, you just said creating things to worry about and right. for me yeah. that's true i really it's, do, right. do yeah. that it's like Don't some people it. are not your brain is wired that way it's stuck you have to unwire it yeah some people are not comfortable unless they have at least two or three things that they can be worried about um and so once we mark off one of the things on a list that we don't need to be worried about we try to find something else to slide into <laughs> that's, that that's space. called life right there's always going to be something right <laughs> yeah and, and i want to say that this is something that i think is really important as we're talking about this emotional wellness that it's not about leading a life without problems please don't take that as being the the thrust of this discussion Um, because emotional wellness is not about not having problems because problems are going to happen and they are unavoidable but it's really more about how you approach those problems in life Um, and also about how you're able to embrace the life that you have and I, I was at a meeting yesterday And um, as a result of something I was asked to do in the meeting, I had a moment where I just was kind of a little overcome with just how rich of a life that we all have. I say we all have. So Owens is saying that about everybody who is listening to the radio right now. What a rich life we have. And that doesn't have to translate into financial wealth. It doesn't have to mean that you are perfectly healthy with no health problems. It doesn't mean that you haven't experienced loss. But despite all of those things, there are so many things that each and every one of us have. And it just, I kind of was like overcome with this feeling of gratitude because for all of the issues that exist in my life, and believe me, there are many, that there are still so many so many good things and and so many good people um, that are a part of my every single day life that I totally don't deserve, but are still a part of my experience. Uh, you just did something very self-defeating. Don't say that. What? And keeping it, you don't but deserve you, it. That's goofy. Well, I mean, so keeping you, a gratitude journal is a good way to deal with stress as well. Write down those things that you're idea. grateful for We're every hold, day. Hold that That's thought. That's very Oprah. We'll okay. talk about it. <laughs> it is. She started it. She invented gratitude journals. We are going to take a break, but let me give the phone number out. We invite your phone calls. one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. We'll be back to take your questions and comments on Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. Standing member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio 
and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. The Supreme Court decided this year that the government can't ban a trademark just because it's disparaging. Applications for offensive trademarks poured in. You make fabrics that have swastikas on them? Am I getting that right? Yes, blankets, uh, shirts, apparel, flags. Who wants to trademark a racist symbol? This afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy for Women. I'm Karen Brown. Dr. Michelle Owens is here. Dr. Allie Brown is here. We're talking about your emotional well-being, your emotional health, how your emotions may affect the physical, how the physical may affect your emotions. It is sort of a chicken and the egg kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think so. I think sometimes it's very clear, um, but I think the the biggest point is just that they are so intricately interwoven that it's very difficult to separate them. I mean, that whole mind-body-spirit thing, they're all kind of mushed up in there together. So um, while we know that one definitely influences the other, I mean, we were talking about that um, before we started the show when uh, Dr. Brown was kind of like, well, emotional wellness and physical wellness are kind of the same. Um, And yeah, like you can, when you are emotionally in the dumps, you can also physically feel lousy too. Um, And the the flip side of that is when you are, um, because you know, Dr. Brown's a health nut. So when you are, you know, working out and doing all those things that it helps you to to feel better. And I think that's about stress relief um, and just the overall positive health benefits that come from that. So yeah, they just are just very tightly interwoven. You can't really tease them out one from the other. You know, we ever, never answered Eric's question. My suggestion to Eric on how to help, help his wife. wife when she's stressed out is to be there and to listen and to ask her, what can I do to help you? I'm sorry you feel stressed out. I appreciate you. You now, know, kind of just something that take is, it out. That's great. Offering Thanks. encouraging words of like gratitude, and I know this sounds kind of a little hokey, but um, the the concept of love languages, whatever that love language is, um, if you recognize that in your partner or in your spouse, especially as they're going through a rough time, um, use that to your advantage. And so, if the, if it, if their thing is words of affirmation, then just kind of you know, reaffirming how much you appreciate them and value them and love them. Now, here I, I want to interject because I think men are wired this one. I've heard this before. When a woman talks to a man, he will offer advice. He will try to give answers to the problems where a woman will listen to a man or another woman listen and not necessarily say, this is what you should do. Yeah. And I think men are so ready to jump on them and say, here's when the woman it. just wants to be listen to yeah so here's the owens family secret so so um one of the things secret secret i know and i'm putting it out on the radio um so one of the things that 
because I, I too am married to a fix it guy. And one of the things that he said to me that has been like transformative um, in our ability to communicate is after I finish talking, he'll say, so would you like for me to, do you want me just to kind of listen or do you want me to give you a solution? Like what, what are you trying to do? Ooh, what do you want to accomplish? Oh, I yeah. know. Isn't yeah. that awesome? So yeah, so that's kind of, and not, not to brag, but like he came up with that and that was so meaningful to me because somewhere along the line, he figured out that we handle things differently and he figured out that I'm, I don't always need you to fix it. I, sometimes I just want you to listen. And to have him ants ask me that was really helpful because if I had my own solution, then I might say, well, I just, you know, I just needed to vent or I just wanted you to listen. Or I'd say, well, so I was thinking that the solution or what I'd come up with was this, what do you think? And it really like facilitated and opened a door to deeper communication for us. And yeah, I don't think I would have had the wherewithal to say, so do you want me to fix it or do you want me to listen? Sue is calling in from Beaumont. Good morning, Sue. Hi. I just want to ask a question. Do do men ever have those hormonal temperamental episodes? You hear about women, but do men have any any problems like that? Menopause? (laughs) (laughs) Testosterone-fueled. It's a thing. Hormonal temperamental thing going on. Sue, the answer is absolutely. You know, for as much as we are different, we are probably far more alike than we are in our differences. And so um, in men, it may not be... um, it may not be cyclical as it has sometimes been shown to be with women, um, but absolutely they can. And fluctuations in testosterone levels um, definitely kind of impact men, um, not only with um, physical processes, but also with respect to to emotions. Um, well, so, I, yeah. I often wondered that, and, and also... You hear a lot about women and breast cancer, but why don't you ever hear anything about men and, and the prostate cancer? It seems like the poor men are just shoved off to one side all the way around, you know? You're well, very thoughtful about men. I know. So, yeah. Well, I think that the issue is um, probably related to the fact that, you know, women tend to seek medical care a, a lot more than our male counterparts. I think there is definitely, however, um, a very strong push toward increasing awareness for men with respect to prostate cancer. Um, and that is, it's it's been a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more difficult to kind of get great breakthroughs in that information for men. But I think that you are definitely right. It's not something that should not be out of the forefront. And we do need to continue to promote messaging. I think June is actually men's health awareness month. And so a lot of times um, you will see more information about that um, and specifically about prostate cancer because women don't get it. Um, But you are you're definitely right. I think sometimes um, some of the things that affect men specifically don't get as much publicity as the things that may sometimes um, affect women. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Also, I think there is a uh, Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. I'm looking up. Oh, the there is. I'm sure of it. Yeah. You know, there's just a lot of 
public awareness around breast cancer. There has been for many mm-hmm. years. They're just sort of ahead of most of the cancers, frankly, as far as support and philanthropy and things like that. So you do tend to hear a lot more about about, and it's yeah. uh, has a good screening test. Prostate doesn't exactly. really have a great screening not. test. At one point in time, when they thought that the PSA or the prostate specific antigen test, that blood test that you can get, um, at one point in time, they really there was a lot of enthusiasm around the use of that PSA and its utilization in screening for prostate cancer. And I think we probably heard a little bit more about it then when it turned out not to be as great as we'd originally hoped. um, I think that we probably didn't hear as much, but I do believe that it's important, you know, for men to be aware that, um, you know, it's a very common cancer among men. Um, There are still men who, you know, have an opportunity to live long lives once they're diagnosed. But just like all the other cancers, early diagnosis is the key to increase survival. Um, and, you know, men should, especially if you are um, at the age of 50, um, you should be talking to your physician or your health care provider about your concerns related to, uh, to prostate cancer. And if you are an African-American male, um, they tend to, because health uh, disparities exist, and African-American males tend to have higher rates, and they tend to be more advanced at the time of diagnosis. And so recommendations for people and risk assessments in the African-American community actually start at a much younger age. So people just need to be aware of that. We're going to take our last break of the show, and when we come back, I want to ask you about um, drugs that deal with depression or emotional problems. You know, things like, I can't think of anything. <laughs> I can't think of the names, but if you can think of the name, give us a call. one <laughs> mpb ring Really, just call with it's questions or comments. one 672 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org and we'll be right back after this. for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is Jim Dees, host of Thacker Mountain Radio, inviting you to join us every Saturday night at 7 p.m., where we'll feature the best in literature and music. We're inviting you to reach out and put your hands on the radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. Thacker Mountain Radio on MPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Southern Remedy for Women on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 1-877-MPB 
Bring. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, women at mpbonline.org. We're back on Southern Remedy for Women. We're talking about emotional well-being today. Dr. Michelle Owens and Dr. Allie Brown are answering your questions at one eight seven seven mpb ring one 672 or send an email to women at mpbonline.org. Before the break, I said I wanted to ask about... Uh, you said drugs. Drugs <laughs> to address problems. And I was trying to think of names. Prozac, Zoloft, things like that. Now, are they warranted in certain situations or are doctors abusing that by prescribing for patients? What do you think? Um, so so the medications that you mentioned are probably some of the more, uh, more common and more familiar medications that are used for the treatment of depression. And they are that particular class, and there are multiple classes of drugs that can be used to treat depression. So these are not the only class, but the ones that you mentioned in particular are called um, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs. And um, basically what that does is it allows serotonin uh, to be more available or to hang around longer because it blocks the thing that allows it to be kind of used up in our systems. And by doing that, it can combat the symptoms of depression. So um, if you have depression, there is this is actually a biochemical disorder. So there are changes or fluctuations in the amounts of certain chemicals in our bodies. And as a result... Um, these are naturally occurring uh, chemicals, things that are produced by our bodies that uh, help to stabilize or keep our mood in a certain uh, way. And so when those fluctuate, then we can uh, see manifestations such as depression. So I don't, those drugs, first of all, are not, while they are, that's the the medical therapy for depression and I don't want to, by any stretch of the imagination, um, minimize the importance and significance of the non-medical therapies. So like the counseling, behavioral therapy and those kinds of things, because that's very important. Um, But for the medicines in particular, um, they are relatively safe. Um, They don't have a, a... overwhelming amount of side effects and they um, aren't really drugs that have a propensity for abuse Um, so from that standpoint I know there's been a lot of news about opiates and opioid epidemic and all that other stuff and so um, there's a lot of concern about prescribing and prescribing medication safe prescribing but in this class of drugs there's not it's not really a a class that's abused and I think that um, because they are relatively safe um, and have few side effect profiles and very few contraindications to therapy that they're they're widely used so you might feel like Everybody that you know is on some type of antidepressant, um, but these medications are, I think that speaks more to um, the the length of time that we've known about these medications and the fact that we know that serotonin is very key. And so if you can keep serotonin hanging around, people tend to feel better. Why would you prescribe that for depression and anxiety? Aren't those the 
opposite of one another? So it's it's remarkable how often depression and anxiety go hand in hand. And interestingly enough, in, in pregnant women in particular, um, the first line therapy for anxiety, whether with or without depression, is an antidepressant. Um, and that's because there's so much overlap between the two. Um, and there now there are some people who just have plain, flat out generalized anxiety disorder. Um, but usually, especially when it comes to most issues related to mental health, um, there's a lot of overlap and uh, it's not uncommon for people to have um, symptoms that. Um, kind of our characteristics of more than one disorder. And so these drugs have also been very effective in um, mitigating some of those symptoms as well. Okay. Yeah. But these they are, are all, they're like brain signaling um, <laughs> brains. I'm sorry, that just got Brain tickled. signaling brains? They're brain <laughs> signaling um, hormones. Are, we call them neurotransmitters, but they are um, substances that actually help the brain to communicate um, or facilitate communication within our brains. And all of that's really important for our perception of mood and those kinds of things. So that's kind of how they work. When someone is feeling emotionally unstable, I think I used the word shaky before, just kind of uh, anxious or sad or anything that's out of the ordinary, when do they or when should they see a doctor? Well, that's interesting because I think we haven't really touched on situational versus depressive disorder. So it's normal when you have a stressor in your life to feel depressed. We call that Mm -hmm. situational depression. And usually this is not the kind of thing that you would want to seek treatment with a drug for some sort of extended amount of time or something like that. Um, that's when learning coping strategies, talking to people, et cetera, are, are probably of greater worth. Whereas people who have this Organic, unbalance, yeah. right, where there's really not necessarily a reason, they just sort of are more of a blue type person, you know. Uh, the, Eeyore. They're like Eeyore. Eeyore right. Aww. Oh, I love Eeyore. But anyway, so, you know, there's a difference there. So even a person that it does not have depression can be depressed. Just because you yeah. feel sad or stressed out doesn't mean that you have, a, you know, this condition. Um, so if it's continual, if you chronically feel really down and in the And you meet those criteria that Dr. Owens was talking about where you lose... Um, joy in doing the things that you normally really mm-hmm. enjoy. Did you love to walk? Yeah, I think of that depression commercial where the dog is standing there with a leash and the guy is just sitting there on the couch doesn't want to walk him you know yeah. I mean things like that and you've lost weight or gained weight and you know you don't really keep up with your friends so much and you just have a hard time getting out of bed sort of everything hurts that's sort of different um the, you know if that's sort of your baseline of living yeah. as I opposed would say to if, response yeah to and if it if it's persistent I think you know if it's been if it persists if you're if you're down in the dumps without a, a situation, because I, I'm going to just throw this out, out there. Um, so, for example, grief processes and things like that are very different. However, um, there is a such thing as an exaggerated grief response. And so there may be some people who develop depression in addition to their grieving so that may be a little bit more complicated, and I think it's important to to seek the care of a professional in order to kind of work through that. Um, 
But if it's persistent, you know, if you've got six weeks or so and things haven't turned around and you are finding that this is kind of your new normal. Um, and another thing is listen to the people around you, um, the people who care about you. And if you are hearing increasingly more and more that people are concerned about those types of feelings or about your isolation or about your mood, et cetera, listen to them. And look, there's nothing wrong with proving them wrong. Go and and have somebody go talk to somebody and figure out whether or not this is really an issue or a problem for you. Um, There's nothing wrong with seeking help or seeking assessment in order to be able to prove the people around you wrong. And if they're right, then you get your help. So in the end, it's a win-win. You know, I'm surprised, Dr. Brown, that you haven't brought up exercising as we a way. We talked about it. I said it, al- yeah. I said it already. Well, okay. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, it works. And it's been shown scientifically to work. It increases serotonin, that happy neurotransmitter that Dr. Owens talked about. It, do- it does increase it. What about drinking? Does that increase serotonin? It does temporarily, <laughs> but temporarily. it's a depressant and it makes it go back down. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you get your you get your feel-good moment and then you crash. Um, there's also one other thing that I wanted to touch on because we just have a couple more minutes before, um, before we sign off. Um, but I just want people to know, like the signs, we've talked about things of when you're not emotionally well. I just wanted to talk about some things that might be um, signs of emotional wellness. So things to shoot for. Um, and so first of all, people who are emotionally well treat other people well um, and they are in touch with their emotions. It's not something that has to be hidden because as we said, emotional wellness is about being able to accept responsibility and embrace what it is that you feel and not feel compelled to make it something that it's not. Um, Here's one. You value experience more than possessions. So the concept of, you know, making memories um, versus focusing on things um, that you feel that there's meaning to your life. Right. Don't fill your closet with shoes because you're looking for something in life, right? Tell you that to experience experience your life. Life. There's nothing wrong with having lots of shoes. <laughs> well, there isn't. That's absolutely that true. Oh, we will leave but it alone. But it won't alone. solve your problems. And we're moving along. <laughs> the, the anti-shoe person over here. I love um, shoes. And the other thing, um, that you like who you are. Um, and so not your representative, not the person that you can be on Facebook or Instagram or who you want other uh, the people. The highlight reel, right? Exactly. Or who you want other people to be. But when you are alone and it's just you and the mirror that you love the person who is staring back at you. And I think that that's really important because you there's got to be some level of acceptance for who we are. And like I said, while we are very complicated, we are also astoundingly imperfect, perfectly imperfect. Um, and so you got to be able to, to like who you are. Um, and then holding gratitude. We talked about this earlier with Eric, holding gratitude for your loved ones, um, is another one. And then being able to be flexible, kind of one of those folks that just kind of can let it roll off. Um, that doesn't have to feel derailed when things don't totally go your way. Um, but to just, kind of develop a way to get into the mindset that, you know, you're going to roll with the punches and take it as it comes. So, yeah, in addition to living deliberately. Don't be a drama queen. (laughs) Like like some of us are, and that would be me. Okay. (laughs) 
Thank you so much for listening today. Southern Remedy for Women is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. It is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by generous support from the MPB Foundation. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Our call screener is Michelle McAdoo. For Dr. Michelle Owens, for Dr. Allie Brown, I'm Karen Brown. Join us next Friday at 11 for Southern Remedy for Women. And stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio.